Taylor Swift. Everyone's oh talking about her. How can you be mad? She's Nashville's oh, dude, like not. dream girl. She's homegrown. I think Especially I'm too close to it. Maybe that's the problem. Oh, also, kind of hurt. No, she just has a. Uh, she doesn't have a bad reputation necessarily. She's got bad blood. I mean, big reputation. That was a Taylor Swift reference. I know. I was trying to throw him back at you with the reputation. Oh, Uh, nice, nice, nice. uh, No, no. I'm not actually anti-Taylor. I think the whole... It's just like to to stay out of my football games. Like, come on. Like, this is such a... It's such a contrived... Dude, did you see the header photo of the official NFL Twitter account? Yeah. I did. Was multiple images of Taylor Swift reacting to a football game. Do you know how many different I, I had a, a coworker tell me today that um his wife who who does not watch football, she said, Babe, we need to get home for this Sunday night game. Dude, I get it. I get this why is, they're this, doing that's it. That's why. I, I get it. I'm not saying it's a bad business decision. It's just off putting to sports fans, I think, that they've decided to make this marketing relationship with um, with, did you see Aaron Rodgers? What he called um Kelsey and his uh he did a he did a segment with Pat McAfee because he was like recapping the Jets game. I think he called Kelsey oh, like Mr. Mr. Pfizer. Or he called him Mr. <laughs> Pfizer. Yeah. Well, That's the dude's in like funny. eight commercials per like yeah, it's commercial a break. It's a lot of Kelsey. He's, he's got the it's Pfizer stuff. He's Kelsey. obviously publishing his own his own his own podcast. He's in the state. He's com- doing the all state, state stuff or state farm. State yeah. farm. Whoa, whoa, Sorry. all state. Sorry, different. Listen, I know you're in good different hands, premiums. Different premiums. But this is different. Okay, that's he's, true. I'm an all state guy. Proudly, are you? We are. Jazz actually texted me about this today. She. <laughs> this is so funny. I'm going to read you a text exchange between me and Jazz. Actually. For our three vehicles, we have three different insurance carriers. So she said, our car insurance is through, she said, no, it's ridiculous. Our car insurance is through Geico, home insurance through Liberty Liberty Mutual, and life insurance slash long-term care coverage through State Farm. She's like, we could probably save a significant amount of you know that all are one. Hold on, hold on. Hold, if we bundled that all under one company, and I go, babe, this is what the commercials talk about. That's, that's <laughs> amazing. Literally, literally, the dude, the progressive ads have been trying to get you to bundle things for a decade, and no well, wonder that no wonder they have to run ad campaigns because I just as I literally just stated, my motorcycle is under progressive, my car works. is Allstate, and um, Allie's car is Farm Bureau. Um, which you probably could save money if you bought our home. I don't even know what our home is. I don't know. Our, I'm sure our home is under something different. If your home burns down, you don't know where to go. Where, where is our insurance? Al- Al- we got collect? It somewhere. I should make, I should, I should make sure we've got a paper record somewhere, or a digital record somewhere. I will say the most recent state farm commercial, it's, it's Patrick and it's Jake from State Farm, the new the new Jake, not the OG. Yeah, Jake. how did you feel about them replacing Jake? Like, it's who a, do you think he's a he's a cooler Jake? I know, but I thought that's what made Oscar Jake so kind of funny is that he was such a nerd with all these athletes. But he had now one. this the the new Jake. Hold on, is just like trying to like out athlete the athletes. Hold on, go ahead. the 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 OG Jake had one line. It wasn't any other commercials. He just said, "Uh." khakis that's all he said they then made jake a new character like and brought him to life that actor couldn't cut it 
It's okay. Who knows who's to say they didn't bring him in? Said, hey, we want to make Jake a character, a main staple. They brought him in and he couldn't cut it. So they said, you know what? Sonia, I like that. We're gonna go, Jake, okay? we're gonna go grab someone that would look cool when they hung when he hangs out with Drake. That's who we're gonna grab. And they did. That's just not who I want, you know, taking care of my insurance. You know, I don't want the guy that's out in the clubs and like hobnobbing, man. I want the I want I want the guy that's in his khakis that I know is at He's home. Still looking wearing after khakis. Things. He's still wearing khakis. It's a Bring staple back. thing. One of my favorite commercials of Jake is that they're in the locker room and they said, our goal for this season is one word, bundle home and orange, home and auto insurance. And then one of the players is like, but that's not more than one word. And he goes, it is if you bundle it. Oh, boom. Everyone lost their mind. So Jazz okay. saw that commercial and now we're going to, I don't know who, she doesn't like Geico. I know that. Okay, not a, not a fan of the gecko, huh? Man, they have been they have been riding that play on words for a long time. Yeah, talk about someone who's stuck with their the original character. Yeah, there's some loyalty. I like that. So there's a point for Geico. You don't have Loyal. Geico in any of your stuff. Not right now. But, yeah, but now we're gonna <laughs> switch. Can you imagine if you Who's made an insurance change like the they've whole bundle? They've stuck with that gecko <laughs> for years. I'm sticking with them too. The gecko and the Aflac duck, man, they're committed. And the so guy not- who played David Palmer in Allstate, he, he, they've been with him for a long time. Or they, who played David Palmer in 24, sorry, who's the Allstate guy. He is the, yeah, um, so you you can avoid, um, what does he say when he gets to the cards? So you can avoid Benda like me. No, 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 no. The mayhem guy I can't stand. Uh, whatever insurance company he, that is. He was in 30 Rock. He was he was, uh, a, he was all yeah he was in Thirty Rock and something else. I those commercials drive me nuts. I think they're stupid. I think they, I hate them. I hate. Them isn't that Allstate? That's is State all Farm. State? I mean, uh, it's Allstate. Yeah, yeah. If it's, uh, a, I might need to just switch my car insurance. So you can avoid mayhem, mayhem like me. Yeah, mayhem says. insurance company. If that's Allstate. I'm gonna be furious. It is Allstate. God, I hate them. But they also had that really cool, smooth, silky black man who like was yeah. Like, that was David Palmer hands? from Twenty Four. Yeah. He's yes. the one that made me want Allstate insurance. Yeah, he's awesome. I felt so safe with David. Yeah, totally. I don't know what his, his actor. I don't know what his he, name is. He was the, he was President David Palmer in Twenty Four. Remember when Dad was really into Twenty Four? Oh, Dad, ja- which Jack is Bauer. Surpri- oh, Jack Bauer. Imagine that it's State Farm Jack Bauer. Dude, if Jack uh, Bauer was the Allstate guy. Let's go. You know, you know, he's actually a musician. He, like one uh, buddy of mine is his front house and production manager. He does like bus tours playing like blues music. It's like um, Sutherland his, or something. What's his last name? Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know the jazz music. Good for him. Yeah. If you put blues, G, if you put music. Chuck Norris and Jack Bauer in any commercial or anything, Dad's <laughs> buying it. Hugh McGowan's ordering that thing. I mean, our dad yeah, has this, the this, home this. the home gym. It's it's called the ultimate gym or the full gym. It's Chuck Norris was just in the commercial. And he, gym. and he bought it immediately. Dad's like, I resonate with that. Yeah, absolutely. That resonates with me. So yeah. Um, so you don't like yeah, the Taylor thing? Again, that's fine. It's it, no, it's it just it's so obviously contrived, and they're pushing it so hard, and it's just when someone's trying that hard, I'm just like, I'm good, I'm good. But so so, what if they actually end up having this Dude, this relationship? Right, do you, you want to have a relationship ever after? Uh, sure. Because I tell you, there's a zero percent chance this goes anywhere. Wow, you're not even giving it anything. Okay. So, are we saying uh, the amount of time that 
like, like until the breakup article is is written. I'm saying by this time next year, they will not be a thing. Oh, that's a long, that feels like a whole year. I can't do that. I will go end of the NFL season. No, I think, I think they'll stick it out for that. Cause I think it's worth it to her. Cause okay. as long as, so the season ends in February, I think I'm just saying it's a marketing relationship. Okay. So if it's a marketing relationship, the Super Bowl is going to happen. And then we're not going to hear anything yeah, about but if them. The Cal- if they win, if the Chiefs win again, they'll get another little ride. I'm just a, telling I'm, you. I'm not, going sept- I'm not going September. Okay. Okay. That's fine. So you don't think I, it's going to last either. I will go. I will go June. I'll go after <laughs> the NFL draft. You'll go June. All right. Uh, no, no, no. I'll yeah. go May. I'll go May. <laughs> I'll go because hey, drafts oh, in April. God. I'll go May, May first, no, May first. That's basically next week. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not okay, that. fine. You know what? You I'm negotiated just well. Just... May second, your birthday. May seventh. Right. They're still together. We're, we're moving on. We're moving on. May se- May seventh. No, I need May twenty eighth. You will get May twentieth, and it's a deal. May twenty fourth. You will get May twentieth, and it's a deal. Yeah, sorry, twenty fourth. I need to stick to my guns. I'll give you twenty first. Twenty first. That's better. But all right, how about June first? I will give you May twenty fourth. Deal. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what we bet, but May twenty fourth. Kelsey or, or Taylor and Travis are still together by May twenty fourth. Twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh five twenty four twenty four. It all lines up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It all lines up. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, great. Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, I, I don't care that they're in a relationship together. It just, it's so, it's just so push. I just, it's such a, a blatant push to try to get some other person that doesn't actually care about sports to watch sports. I'm just like, that's just annoying. Right, fair enough. Well, let me bring up another thing you don't like. Europe kicked our butt in the Ryder <laughs> Cup. That's, that's what happened. That did happen. Uh, yeah. Unexpected. Was, we were favored. That was tough. Um, we now we were, talked about this Europe. We, like we have, we haven't beaten them in Europe in the last, or you said ever, right? No, 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 not, not definitely not ever. It's been the uh, thirty years since we have beaten Europe in Europe. So the last, last five Ryder ri- Cups. Uh, no, it would have been the last eight or so Ryder Cups because we are only in Europe every four years. There are Ryder Cups every oh, two sure, years. Sure, sure, sure. We're only in Europe every four. So like. 18 because of the pandemic was the last one and then 14 2010 yeah 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 2006 2000 okay. so basically going back to 1997 was either the last one we won or we haven't won since before the one I don't know it's been a, it's been a hot minute since we have won in Europe and we were the um, retaining champions we did yeah, so it's it's alternated ago. home teams the last five Ryder Cups right, so right. It's so, been. Um, what, what, what I, were you expecting? Ex- I was expecting definitely more of a fight from the U.S. The final score is both like further apart than it could have been, and also a lot closer than it could have been. Should maybe um, should have been, or maybe even should have been. I mean, after the first day, they were was it six and a half or seven and a half to a half. No, no, it we was, only had a half point by the end of the first day. No, oh, point no. and a half, point and a half. Sorry, we had a point and a half. It was seven and a half, one and a half. Okay, Are I'm you pretty sure? sure. We were, like or maybe it was six and a half, one and a half. I think it was six and a half, one and a half, because there was eight points available. Yeah, 
Six and a half. Yeah, one yeah, yeah. Half. It was it was six and a half, one and a half, correct? Because we tied. We we got swept more the first morning. Swept in the morning. Four. And then we tied three and lost one in the afternoon. So it was five three. Or five, I will say I was not expecting, so to speak, the U.S. to go in there and run away with it. They coming off of the Whistling Straits win two years ago, it did definitely seem like the U.S. was set to kind of run this table for a, like a good stretch here. The the age of the team, the quality of the team. It really did seem like we were set up to do something special here. <laughs> fun fun fact, as I was researching Red Cup Pre that I don't think we got to ahead of time, there was a stretch where the U.S. won the Ryder Cup for like 40 straight years, in like the 40s, 50s, 60s, and stuff like that. <laughs> like The U.S. like owned it back in like kind of like the early days. Well, good on Europe um, then. Well done. You've developed some guys. So, which again, nobody really like holds that as like a banner to like wave around anymore. But all that to say, so more recently, it has just been something where the U.S. team cannot rally over there in Europe for whatever reason. So I was not expecting, I in my mind, they weren't necessarily favorites, but I did sort of think they maybe had the guys to pull it off. But as we got closer and closer to the turn, tournament, I didn't have like a great feeling about Team USA, if I'm being honest. The way that Scotty had kind of finished the season a little bit shaky, Brooks had been a little bit of a wild card. JT and Spieth were not just like these locks to be great again. And then the two major winners from this last season that were on the team were rookies when Brian Harmon and Wyndham Clark that you you had no idea what you were going to get from them really in this context. You don't have a history of them in match play. You don't have a history of them even in President's Cup because even with someone like Max Homa, who was one of the U.S.'s best players in this time around, and he really just kind of stood up to the moment, you had some evidence because he was a part of the President's Cup team last year that he's been in this format. He's done it. So there was there was really a lot of pretty unknown variables for me going into this cup. And then the but once that first session happened, man, it was just it was a gut punch. <laughs> like it, was. it was completely deflating. And it, it felt like in that moment there was no coming back. And there was a slight comeback. Saturday afternoon going into Sunday, we felt like we had some chance. We won some early singles matches on Sunday to give us a chance. And then ultimately Europe did not need to do very much to quint to like clinch that thing. And they did. No, they had to win. They had to get four and a half points out of 12 matches. But we talked about America having the depth in the middle in comparison to Europe. And that just didn't show up. Europe's depth in the middle and it, even at the bottom completely out out jumped and outweighed anything that America had. Like the Robert McIntyres that showed up, the uh the Ludvigs that showed up, right, on on their side, even like Sepp Straka. Out of the top six scores in 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 like the whole tournament, five of them were Europe. Yeah. The only American we had in the top five scores, Max Home at three and a half, which is is up there, but there was everyone down from Rom to then Robert McIntyre. Like they just they they completely outplayed the dudes that they were going up against. I think I I think I maybe I disagree with that interpretation of the data a little bit. I actually kind of think it was less which interpretation. About, 
saying that it was their depth proved better than ours. I actually think it was our stars didn't hold up their end of the bargain. I think actually we got what you would have hoped to have get even just point wise out of kind of your more role players like your uh I mean because I mean Brian Harmon got you two points and you played with Homa then you got those two points that's pretty good um Wyndham got a point and a half he had a bad Sunday match he didn't look that good but you know he got you some points Burns a one and two record overall was pretty poor but and I'd say in terms of like I mean, you'd look at Xander Shoffley and say, like, he was, you know, he would be a depth piece. But I mean, he was the, he's the sixth ranked player in the world going into this tournament. Like, you were counting on Xander to be like one of your dudes, and he went one in three. Um, Colin Murakawa has been one of the best young players in the U.S. the last few years. He went one in three. Um, Scotty Scheffler went oh two and two. It's like, those Our stars like, did not show up. 100%. You needed those guys to be your big names, but but their middle also showed up with their stars. So just to go over their top scores, McElroy had a total of four points. He was the highest scorer in just like his individual matches that he won. He had four total points. And a reminder of the scoring system: if you win the match, whether it's a singles match or you're you're on a team, you get one point. If you tie, you get half a point. So he had four points total. The next highest score was Hovland and Homa. At three and a half, right? So it's Europe two to one. Then it was Rom at three. And then it was Robert McIntyre two and a, or it was, t- oh, sorry. It was uh, Terrell Hatton at three and a half, Rom at three, McIntyre at two and a half. And then it was, a I think uh, it was Cantlay at two, right? And then there was a bunch of other Brian Harmer at two and, and so on and so forth. But like, if you, if you look at Robert McIntyre, if you look at Tommy Fleetwood, who we, I, I guess we could have put in the top. He had three points as well. Like, I don't know if like Europe stars definitely showed up, but they just had like consistency all the yeah. way down, all the way down. All those guys can cons- the only one didn't really showed up was Hogard, but like who needs him? You know, he was just a name. He was just there. Also Whereas, how that guy hits almost 190 miles an hour ball speed with his drive with his swing is remarkable. He looks kind of like an amateur out there, huh? He kind of has like this weird inside short takeaway and all of a sudden he just like rips it through though and it's just smashing the golf ball. It's a very strange motion that produces a ton of force. I'm pretty sure he hit the green on 16 every time he played. He had this perfect little just kind of baby cut he was playing which which 16 was a super fun hole. I really enjoyed 16. It was the drivable par four. Oh, yeah, the four. Yeah, that was a good hole. Yeah, which we can talk about the Spieth push off the tee with the three wood. Had driver in his hand and in a very, very important moment because did Europe end up winning or did we tie that match? It was day two, afternoon uh, round. Can't remember what happened. I think they lost. Let me look at this really quick. I think they tie, ended up tying it. Um, Yeah, no, I... I I don't know, maybe you're kind of bringing me around to your point. I think no, lost. I think no. what I, what probably showed out more than anything is that the gap between the elite players of Europe. So let's say we have three tiers of players. We've got your A tier, your B tier, and your C tier. Great, and, and then your USA Robert by f- tier, and then your Robert McIntyre. Which look, I'll 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 offer Thank a you. formal apology, please. Um, hats off to big big shot Bob McIntyre. I I oh, I argue that he shouldn't even play Friday Saturday and he should go on, on on Sunday singles out of pure compulsion of the event 
and he um, he played well enough to not cost his team wins in the two matches that he won, and then he tied a Sunday match. You know, that's he that is, that he did is not more fail. than you could ask from. He him. did not fail. He did not fail. No. I was listening to the no laying up guys. And they were talking, so, they were doing they were doing player grades, and they're doing like A, B, C, you know, whatever for all these guys, and they got to McIntyre and like, look. McIntyre was taking this test on a pass fail basis. There was either <laughs> there's no grade here. He either passed or he he absolutely passed. He passed. Absolutely. I would even give him a pass B, fail. B plus. But I, so if you're gonna go A, B, C, like going into the tournament, Europe, I think, had more clear cut A players. I think you put Rom, McElroy, and Hovland yes. in. A, those are A-tier stars. When you look at Team USA right now, they've got one A-tier guy right now in Scheffler, and he didn't show up. So right there, you're already way behind the eight ball. And then I think what played out... Now, I, I Homa, would, I would Homa played like Brooks? an A-star. I would say Brooks. I I think Brooks has that reputation, but because the how infrequently he plays and how kind of out of form he's been since winning the PGA. Like he's not had a good year on live since winning the PGA. I think it hard. It'd be hard to say that you still, he doesn't care about live. It'd be hard to say that you could just, I would have a hard time just saying just because he won the PGA this year, He's. I'm going to put him straight into that group with Scheffler, Ron McElroy, conceded. I think he's below Scotty. I, I wouldn't call them the same. So I, then you've got your you. B tier, you know, which is like your Homas, your let's say your Brooks, Brooks. your. Um, I mean, you'd I mean, like you could to say, say Spieth, but yeah, I mean, maybe Spieth is still holding on there. Maybe Shoffley's in there. Morikawa's in there in that B tier, and so yeah. like for me, yeah. the USA had a ton of B tier guys. In the B tier, Cantley's a B tier guy, and then Europe, you had a ton of C tier guys where you go. Shane Lowry, Bob McIntyre, Sepp Straka, Nikolai Hoygaard. Hatton's on the line for a B and a C guy for me. Tommy's a B guy for me. Bottom B. Fitzpatrick's no, Tommy's a B squarely guy for me. B. He had a good year. Yeah. Squarely hey, B. Well, the, the fact that he still has never won an event on a PGA Tour event. He clearly doesn't line. like America. He puts him on the line. Clearly. He clearly doesn't like playing so in America. all that to say, I think what showed out is that the gap between our B guys and the C guys was a lot smaller than the gap between their A guys and our totally. B guys. I would say more than smaller, it switched. I, w- I think it just swapped places. Their C guys became B guys and our B guys I, became C guys. I don't know. I don't think I'd even necessarily say that because like- In some respects, not- it's true. Because a lot of our quote unquote B guys, to take an analogy too far, won their matches Jordan against Spieth had these one guys. Point. I, Spieth had a bad week, but when you're playing- Shoffley had four, one point. When you're playing four ball and foursomes, it's a little bit different than just straight up you know, a lot of those like guys that scored well for Europe on those um, on those other like those kind of filler guys where they paired them up with some really strong guys like Ludwig and Nikolai played with Hovland a lot. You know, Rom played with Bob McIntyre or, or Hatton played with Mac- like they were they were pairing these guys up with strength and just kind of telling them, look, you know, give us a few putts, give us some good drives kind of a thing. And so. Like if you go to just like the singles match, which I think they ultimately actually tied the Sunday singles day, which was one of those things where once it was already kind of in hand, it's a little hard for like the losing American team to really still care as much about closing things out. Like 
at that point, you're just affecting the final score. Um, but in singles, like I think the U.S. team actually like those guys played decently. Like Thomas won, Shoffley won his match, Kepka won his match, Homa won his match, Pat Cantley won his match. The only law, lo- the only only two guys truly lost their singles match on Sunday. Scheffler and Jordan Spieth are the only guys that lost their singles it's match. Ridiculous. Everybody else either won or tied. And so, like I, I just think that it was just the uh, the stars for Europe showed up in a huge way, and the star, the only true star America brought to the brought to the event, fell in his face. When Robert McIntyre and Justin Rose beat Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, you know, that one hurt. You know, it's just all wrapped up. But it's a great point. It's a great point by you, because because in all reality, in that in that uh, Scheffler tier, we should have JT should be up there. JT Spieth, should be in that tier. Spieth, should, Spieth has should been be up, up in that tier. Brooks should three, be up there. Three uh, two Homa, years ago, coming Homa off of Whistling Straits, is climbing up yeah. there, right? And that's the other thing is coming off of Whistling there. Straits. We also had DJ was in that tier, probably with him. Spieth was in that tier. Thomas was in that tier. Just like you're saying, um, who else did you know, we lose off that 2012 team? Daniel Berger, definitely in that. No. <laughs> well, the reality is that like someone like a Patrick Reed probably would have performed really well in this type of tournament. If, oh if he was yeah, I'm fine with I'm fine without Patrick. Patrick Reed. We had Patrick Reed on the team. His name was Patrick Cantlay, and he played the Patrick Reed role to a perfection, and it was great. But we did not beat Patrick Reed on that. But team. My friends were calling him Benedict Arnold. They're like this this traitor dividing the locker room, not wearing a hat. Get off the team if you don't want to be here. And I was like, listen, he hit a he hit a clutch putt on Saturday. Okay. Allegedly put, was wearing the hat in protest. It's not been confirmed. He 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 said it doesn't fit. That was the direct quote. The hat doesn't fit, which it is, is hard, hard to, to believe. believe. Now, I will say weird shaped head. I agree. I agree. The hat might not fit. <laughs> Rory McElroy has literally gone without a hat in Ryder Cups because he said the hats that they get for these like events, like they come from different weird suppliers and you're like, sometimes I have a really hard time finding a good fit with a hat. There just like, isn't on- a secondary story where he said I should be paid for this and the locker room's divided. Okay, but- let's, all right, let's go there real quick. Just, just for the fun of it. Okay. Do you in any sense agree with Cantley? I didn't know they weren't paid. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But I, but I would imagine flights, I don't think I had really flights, hotel sponsorships, like free, whatever they get for like clothing, merch from polo, things like that. Like I'm, I imagine all that is paid for and given to them. He's not paying for his own flight to Rome. No, no, I don't think they're incurring costs to go and participate. I don't like, I don't think that's true. I, I guess my argument would be because on the one hand, you know, the guy that says he wants to get paid for the thing that nobody else is really saying they want to get paid for always looks like just like the kind of like the crybaby. It's just it's a bad look. There is a part of me that goes like, I mean, I think there there can there could be a conversation here. And it's not even so much that like I think Cantley thinks he needs the money, but I think it's PGA of America that puts on this event or US I don't think it's USGA. I forget which golf organization truly owns this event. Like it's not owned it's, by the PGA. I think it's Tour. the World Health Organization. It might be. Yeah. 
uh, the WHO and the CDC split it. Yeah. Um, but like they are the the organization that owns it's a for profit organization, as far as I know. Uh, they are selling TV rights. They are selling tickets. Like it's not like this is a free event where you can just the tickets are free. And like my God, the amount of commercials that we had to sit through during the broadcast that was I just loved them brutal. I learned a lot. I learned I a lot about Derek Jeter's, Derek, Jeter, Derek Jeter's commitment to his family, unparalleled. There's he's 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 even you know taking Jazz, care of the Jazz, coyotes in Jazz the woods. Did say she, she's like, did you know that Derek Jeter's wife is bomb? He's married to a very beautiful woman. I was like, to be honest, I didn't even notice. Was, there were so many commercials. <laughs> I was over. I was overwhelming. I didn't even look. So I so look. So there there's there's commercials involved. There's TV contracts involved. Like. There are people that are making money on this event. Now, I do believe a lot of the money that is made in this event and goes to a lot of good causes, a lot of like, you know, junior leagues and stuff like that. That's and that's all fine. But the point may, remains that there are people that are making money on this event. There, there are. Why would yeah. I? I do think there can be a conversation of like, I, I mean, I, I, I the don't players know. should get something. I, I agree. I, I, I don't necessarily. Cause so when when the story and for those that are going to call me out, the winning players, I believe, each get two hundred thousand dollars to donate to the charity of their choice. So I do think they should get paid something. They are working. This is their profession throughout the whole year. They are now working, and like Olympians get paid, World Cup players get paid. The Ryder Cup is that version of it. You should get paid. I I I. Do think that Patrick Cantlay, if he he did not show up to Rome and was like, no paycheck. What do you mean no paycheck? The man knew the gig. Yeah. Don't go to Rome then. Don't so you, go. Yeah, so, so you're saying if, if you're going to have you an know issue this is with it, happen, don't make it an issue during the event. If you knew this is going to happen, bow out. We have plenty of other Americans that would be really excited to, for the opportunity regardless of the paycheck you have your bradleys you have your cam youngs you have a lot of other dudes that that could have participated i just think you showing up and then making some sort of issue and problem in the locker room and team morale it had an effect yeah, jesse i don't yeah, know sure, if it directly he, affected impact of results and whether or not but the it did guys something. have to agree with them or disagree with them the fact that they have to talk about it or it becomes don't there's go. A us versus don't them. Go. I get it. I get that. Don't um, go. And now I'll say this. He did not directly ever bring it up during the event. He never spoke about the issue during the event. It was only ever. He has talked about it outside of the cup events. He has brought it up previously before the events that he believes Ryder Cup players should get paid. All that kind of stuff. He did not make a stink about it during the event and it was only and he did not come out and say i'm not wearing this hat because of this that was something that maybe all you don't know like he could have just literally you could have literally he could have just told that to like his dad i know it's a distraction but i don't think he tried to make it that i think not on like i'm not necessarily going to criticize him for it but like look the european media over there is rooting for the european team i think they caught wind of the fact that maybe he said some often comment about like, yeah, well, I just won't wear a hat then kind of a thing. 
and then they made it a big story. I'll, the only defense I'll say of Cantley, who look, I'm not a big Cantley fan. I don't necessarily enjoy the man sponsored by Boss and like freaking Edward Jones. Okay, Dude. like the man's the man is and Dewalt. It's very weird. I'm a, I don't I'm not a fan of it's the pace of play I'm not stuff. A big guy either. It takes I'm not a, big a minute guy and a half to like shuffle his feet when he puts. I don't like Cantley. Do you would which would you prefer the Cantley feet shuffle or the Harmon club waggle? Which I love the club waggle. <laughs> really into the Harmon waggle. So again, I, I this is not me, you know, just like stumping for my dude, but I'll just say I don't think <laughs> Stumping for my dude. Have you ever stumped for me? You ever stumping oh, for this dude? I love that term. You, I'm not stumping for my dude. Continue. All right, great. I'm glad you love that one. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say I don't think Cantley tried went over there and made it a thing. I think Cantley oh, went on. there having had no, no, I, he had having been a squeaky wheel beforehand. And look, he wasn't the greatest team player. It would have shown up. It would have shown up. It didn't show up until the event, Jess. He t- he he leaked something to some, whether it was like Daniel Radford or whoever that Daniel. What's his name again? Daniel something. The guy. On the a, defense rests uh, inconclusive. I, I, mean, I just don't believe that it hearsay. Like, he talked about it for in, in, inadmissible didn't talk in about this it court. There. It came up. Wait, I've been the one that's been watching suits. Okay, you don't you know what's inadmissible or not. Okay, I'm the expert here. He would have brought it up beforehand and it would have been a storyline because we haven't had any golf news in the last three months leading up to the Ryder Cup. I'm just, I'm not going to use your awareness of Ryder Cup storylines as the barometer because I know you just don't really follow it. But, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. I follow enough accounts to know if there's golf news, it would have been posted and I would have seen it. Did you hear anything leading up to the Ryder Cup? Let's, you know more. Let's say that. Did you hear about anything with Cantlay and Pay? It was his- not a prominent storyline, but it's something that's, it has come up before. Dude, it's not a coincidence it just came up during that week. There's no well, way. Well, no, because it came up during the Ryder Cup because a European writer dropped some hint that this oh. is the reason that this is a thing. Like I, think I don't this know was the writer intentional... that dropped it, but yeah, like... the, the writer that dropped it was this no. European super sure. fan guy. I'm just sure. telling you. I'm just telling you. Nobody else had the story. Nobody else had the info. All of a sudden, a Euro team guy put out the story that Cantlay isn't wearing his hat because of this. Nobody else had this information. And then all of a sudden, it became a thing. Came out before the hat thing. Cantlay's out like explicitly spoken about it before that he thinks the players should get paid, but it was nothing. There was not a. We've already spent way too much time talking about this. Yeah. I like again. I, I'm kind of with you. Like, if, if it bothers you that much, Cantlay, then decline to go play. Like, if it's that big of a thing, right. just that's okay. You don't need to go. Like, if if there are enough guys that are willing to go do it for just the the experience of it and the competitiveness of it, that's great. I do think it's a little lame when the when like the team captains are are saying, "Oh well, these guys should be honored just to be here." You know, like this is the one of the greatest sporting events in the world. The idea that you think you would need to get paid in order to want to be here. It's like, no, it's not. It's, I feel like that's a lame response. It's like, it's not about these guys needing to get paid to want or to want to be there or the make that they need money to be motivated. It's about just the fact that like, hey, look, like this is my this is my job. People are making money of this. Why should I why shouldn't I get some compensation 
for being here. I I totally understand the principle of it. And, and I'll just throw out Joe LaCava and the whole situation before we wrap up on Ryder Cup. I've seen a lot of angles of it, a lot of videos. Patrick Cantley's caddy. After Patrick makes a, a a clutch putt to win the match on Saturday, to give us a point, the whole the whole round because because Patrick's not wearing a hat, Europe and all the fans are waving their hats and they're taking it off and waving it at Patrick to kind of like banter him, right? They're like kind of yep. like trying to get under his skin, and so he hits that putt in eighteen and Joe Lacava takes off, off for, to your bank account. I believe was the primary chant being thrown at, which him. is that it's so good, such especially a good when chant. it's like a crowd chant in a an, an, uh, British hats accent. Hats off to was, your bank account. Hats off, hats to, off your to your bank account. account. Hats off to your bank account. Yeah, it's amazing. It's pretty. And so he takes. They're pretty good at their chants. Those those Brits. Oh, I wish it's something I wish we could adopt. All we all we have is like we stole Ole 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 and like U.S. And, hey, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So sorry, I'll, I'll bleep that out later. We're waving. We're, Joe Kava waves his hat, right? And he's doing it. To be honest, I, I watched this other angle maybe today, like thirty seconds. Like it's now, a long time. With all the other players that were gathered around the green, were doing it as well. He, yes, he wasn't the only one doing it. He was joining in. Yes. However, however, he kind of like walks more towards like into the green, like towards the hole. And and Rory could have kept it pushing. He didn't like he didn't have to sidestep Joe LaCava. He stopped, looked at him, said something, which then got under skin. And then Shane Lowry starts shouting, which Shane Lowry, boisterous dude, loves to talk. Likes it, loves a good sideline. Loves a good sideline. And it became this whole thing. So we don't need to dive into it. I ultimately no, think it does. that both sides over it. Joe LaCava didn't need to do as much as he did. Europe didn't did not need to do as much as they did. It was not that disrespectful, but he also could have maybe had a little more tact. Whatever. It wasn't that bad. It does seem that LaCava probably crossed a little bit of a line as far as like the caddy dynamic of being a caddy for an active match that's on the green. There is your, there's that one video that's particularly damning of just how long he's out there, just like meandering around the green, waving his hat while both Rory and I forget who he was playing with Rory. And I forget. It doesn't matter. I forget who he was playing with both had It might've been Fitzpatrick again. They both had putts to tie the match. So like there's still more golf to happen here. It's not like the match is over and the Kava does wander around for a, good bit it does seem like he got a little caught up probably was on him you know what i think that happened? being that being said jensen rory needs to take a chill pill man like he was fired up he was rory fired up. Kinda, there's a lot rory handled it no, no, rory handled it okay on the green like he he told him hey like i mean like he, it looked like him and just like all right enough like i still got to make my putt here like yeah. Match still going on enough. Yeah. And LaCava barked a few things back to Rory's caddy and then Rory. But then after the match, Rory loses his shit on just bones. starts starts yelling at bones. He wasn't mad at bones. He was just mad about it. Dude, like apparently Rory's so riled up on this. He said to a reporter that he was like, so just like razzed back in his hotel room that he, him and his wife put on like a sleep app like story to like calm him down, like settle him down. And then in the morning, he was still so bothered. He started reading stoicism quotes from Marcus Aurelius to like try and get his like, it's like, okay, man, like, 
Bro, it's okay. An, it's an emotional event. Come on. It's an emotional like, event. You you know I'm a Rory guy as much as anybody out there. And when you got to be out here saying I got to be I'm reading Marcus Aurelius stoicism quotes to like settle myself. It's like Dude, so here's something have, I have. I might have left that fester a little bit too. I much. haven't heard anyone talk about this, but Lacava was Tiger's caddy for two to three mm-hmm. years to make a comeback. No longer than that. Lacava was caddy, Tiger's caddy for a long time. Okay, so even more so. So Rory spent a lot of time with Lacava. Probably he's probably been around him quite a bit because Rory's boys with Tiger. Right. So there's also this fact like LaCava might feel some like I'm Cantley, but I was Tigers. I'm a caddy in this business. I've, I've like caddy for the goat kind of thing that was like, hey, like, th- like there was history there that was outside of Cantley and his caddy. It was like LaCava and Rory, they spent a lot of time together. And I think that played a, a, a larger factor than, than maybe we have talked about in regards to Rory's response and like LaCava's. Entitlement? Could we say that to feeling like he could walk? Like he was he did. dismissive. He he was firing back in this. Like Jordan Spieth's caddy, one he might never do that with his hat, but he would back off. Right? Lakava had some old guy. Don't he get off have my a porch kind of energy. It was weird. I'd say ultimately Joe was in the wrong. I just also think Rory and made a little bit more of it than needed to be made at the end of the day. But that's you know who else there. doesn't wear hats while they play, Jess? Is this a, a transition to talking about the captains or a transition to a totally different subject? Damian Lillard doesn't wear a hat. Well, oh, so we're done, we're done with Ryder. We're done with Ryder. We're just moving on. Well, dude, it's been, f- we've been talking about it for 20 minutes. You have more to say, wrap it up. Oh, let's talk about, you're right. Should we talk about who won our point totals? We needed to do that because we had a little head-to-head Did going you have on. Did thing to say? Um, I mean, I I guess I was going to just mention the next Ryder Cup coming up. It's yeah, yeah, Brookline um, uh, in 2025, Brookline, New York. Um, at um, I think it's Brooklyn. No, Brookline's a, a golfer. Sorry, it's going to be in New York, but it's going to be at um, Beth Page. Beth Page Black. Yeah, great. Um, so can't wait to kick their ass. We'll see, man. Rory was uh, Rory was talking a big game towards at the end of the conference at the end of the at the end of the press conference, and I think the only appropriate thing to remind Rory of is just how dominant the U.S. team looked two years ago. And as the Europe team said, a lot can happen in two years. A lot can happen. A lot of possibilities. A lot of possibilities. But Jens, all right, let's wrap up our conversation with a little head-to-head fun. Um, We at the beginning of the Ryder Cup decided to just draft teams. Country and nationality, irrespective, who could build the best Ryder Cup team, and it would be decided by a total number of points accumulated through their matches. It was a twelve-round draft; twenty-four players drafted. Uh, Jens, you want to run us through the teams real quick again, just a little refresher? Yeah. So Jesse, you had Rom, Scheffler, Cantlay, Kepka, Fleetwood, Spieth, Hatton. Ludwig, Thomas, Harmon, you had Wyndham Clark, and Sepp Straka. Those That was your team. You came in at a grand total. Only, only five players from Team Europe, I might add. I yes. went a little heavy on the Americans. You did. You went a little heavy on the patriotism. Uh, you had a total of 24 points, which is a strong number. There, There is a, a total, uh, I don't want to give it away, 
because then people can do the math. He had 24 points. Leading points getters for me, um, Terrell Hatton was actually my high mark. Yeah. High water mark. For me. So I just had, I had a real strong three and a half. depth performance. I had three and a half from Tyrrell, three from Rom, three from Tommy Lad. Loved yeah, that. Yeah, Tommy pick was good. Tommy won. That was, that one was nice for me. Uh, good value there. Jens, uh, let's run, run me through your team. So I had McElroy, Hovland, Xander Shoffley. Really strong start. That McElroy yeah. Hovland pit oh one, gosh. two. Seven, just off seven the back. and a half just points. Seven points off the back. Seven and a half. Uh, Xander Shoffley. Then I had Fitzpatrick, Homa, Morikawa, Shane Lowry, Fowler, who gave me a big old zero. Only the only zero on the board. That's a tough one. Unbelievable. Robert Mack, who Jesse projected to get a zero. We'll get to his Form, points in a second. Formal apology given. Justin Rose, Sam Burns, and Hogagajard. Nikolai Hoygard. That's who I had. Who had 0.5. So I had a zero and a 0.5, which were the two low scores. So based on that information, you you went star audience, you went stars and scrubs. Stars and scrubs. You audience would have thought I lost. And you would have been correct. I had 21 points, unfortunately. Jesse beat me by three. Jesse, looking at this draft board, you know who has switched yeah. it? And, it? And this was my debate in the draft. Is I drafted uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick at the... my It was my fourth pick overall. Yep, fourth pick. Right after him, pick after, you took Tommy Fleetwood. And if yep. you swapped those scores, we would have tied. Because he got three... Patrick's got one. We would have tied. We would have both sent each other. Look, Xander hurt you being that third pick and you know, putting a one up for you. Scotty hurt me though. He was my second overall pick. Only gave me one point. Only I one when point, Scotty stumbled like that, I thought I was done for. But really, the the middle of my roster picked me up. Ludwig with a strong two points. Harmon with the two pointer. Uh, even even old Sep, the just the guy Maybe that I didn't point. The guy, or not Mister Irrelevant. That was Hoygard, and he and he lived up to that with the point five. But he, the Fowler, the uh, goose egg is tough. I remember when I drafted Fowler, you said you can have him, and I was like, "Shut up, he'll play well." You know? <laughs> didn't work out. You you were right. I didn't think Bob McIntyre was going to play until Sunday singles. So, uh, which to be honest, the average between Fowler and Mac, which is about yeah, you know, I don't know, one point. Three, one point two point three, whatever. It's about what you'd expect. It's about what you expect between the two. <laughs> so that is the Ryder Cup. Jesse, I'll be sending you Gents, a yeah. bottle of wine mm, of I'll my be... choosing. That's that's the that's the clause in the deal. You only get to. I didn't see that opened, clause. I've, I I've been really been. This, this... I've really been enjoying um, some Barbarescos recently. If you want to go there. Um, have you, uh, this guy's called the, uh, Piedmont guy, you know, the, the region Piedmont. Piedmont? Did you, you added some letters in there. Well, you know me. I yeah. Like I, do, letters. I do know Piedmont. you. He's the Piedmont yeah. guy and he only, yeah. um, distributes bottles from Piedmont. Big so, fan of Piedmont. Great region. V- happens, a- happens to be the region where Barbaresco is, is produced. So feel free. Oh, wow. You like Barbaresco. Yeah. Barbaresco, Barolo. Saucy dog. Know. Give me that Nebbiolo stuff. Love that. What so is the what is what is the grape in that wine that you got there? Is it Nebbiolo or is it Barbera? It, it, it is a uh, no. It's neither of those. It's a Vino Russo, which is just red wine. Yep, that's uh, kind um, of table wine vibes. But it's it's an Abigalito da Tenuta il Nespolo Moscow Italia. Any grape in there? 
it was really hard to sell it, tell if there were words in there, to be honest. Um, there they are. There's, there's no, uh, I don't, I don't see any varietal in, in those uh, words. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think Tanuta's a varietal. I think that's a region. That, that's fine. Anyways, Jens, Ryder Cup, good times. I got up at uh, 12.30 um, bull on Friday and Saturday or to watch the first matches. And both times, they were it was rather demoralizing. I only made it until about 3 before I was like, all right, these guys aren't playing well enough to keep me awake. Uh, and then rallied for some Sunday and, um, yeah, it just wasn't meant to be Jens. It's a fun event though. Big fan. Big fan. It, ju- it just wasn't meant to be. Luckily there's plenty of more chances to come. Our, you know, JT and Spieth not being in form and there being, and same with Morikawa and Shoffley. We, we just need those guys to ultimately show up at a higher level than they did. And that's why we lost good on Europe's guys for, for not, you know, completely, uh, shit in the bed like we did, but it is what it is. That first day, man, it was not even the first day that I think the afternoon session on Friday is what buried it. They were up three, three matches out of four with like three holes to go in all of them. And it just, slipped away and went to three ties and it was it just kind of sunk the team morale and they just never really bounced back but jens you mentioned some other pretty high profile sports happening this weekend damian lillard jens we're starting starting to catch this a little this aroma in the air it's it's kind of like fresh leather smells like david stern's urn Maybe. Oh gosh, that's yeah. that's the a ashes? really morbid aroma. That's what I. The NBA is creeping creeping its way back towards us, and they decided to kind of tease us a little bit with some Scott big Foster's action. sweat. Is that what some, I smell? I'm just gonna keep moving on. Some big action, some big moves are just a three weeks out from the season beginning. Jens, Damian Lillard to the Bucks. Yeah, not what anybody had uh, predicted come uh, July or even August. First reaction, they basically. Upgraded their offense, but in but massively downgraded their defense, and I think it's just a wash. Think it's gonna be a wash. I mean, they're gonna be I, they're gonna have to play a completely different style, right? So, Drew on the perimeter, offensively, he could not provide in moments in in the playoffs that you needed him to. The three point shot, the driving, he couldn't really like slow things down. Like if Giannis wasn't going, which in the first round, he got injured. He wasn't the same player. If Middleton wasn't in the shots, you can't then go to Drew. Well, you can now go to Dame, or you actually might go to Dame first, and then if you need something, go to Giannis. We'll be really interested to see how that plays off each other. And but Holiday def- never a true creator either, necessarily. No. Never a true point guard where you are going to say, hey, you know, Drew Holiday, Giannis, run a real tight pick and roll. He's never and been asked to be in that position his entire NBA career. None any I of mean, the high level teams. I think in the last kind of the second half of his career, he's certainly taken on more ball handling duties, but he's not oftentimes the primary creator for stuff. No, I mean, he'll bring the ball up, but on the team, because he was with the Pelicans before this with like AD and Zion and Ingram, like at, at different points, they obviously weren't all on the same team together. But he was never like, hey, the, the offense is running through Drew. 
even in a way of like Chris Pollock, where you're setting up the offense, like the offense would run it through Drew to then get it to like your best player. And then it would run through them, you know? So Mm. him being now, we'll, we'll get to the Drew Drew trade in a second, but Dame being on the floor, like, you know, you guys could score 130 points a game. Like you, you, you guys can do that now as, as the bucks, but you're also going to give up 120. With because yeah, Drew is I, such a lockdown perimeter defender. Yeah, he's a he's a really good point of attack defender, and they're certainly going to miss that. I think I think during the regular season, I don't know if it's going to feel like as prevalent of an issue. I think you can get away in the regular season with having two really good backline defenders, which is what Lopez and Giannis are, uh, and even and Portis. Bobby and yeah, Portis can can get in there. Um, so I do think that kind of game to game in the regular season, I don't think they're going to seem completely dismantled defensively. I don't know, and man. the shooting element of Dame is going to... Dame's is a, zero is a, on defense. He's bad. I wouldn't put him in the trade. He might be pretty close to the trade ca- trade category. He's He is not... He also, to this point, has not shown the effort to be there. And maybe when you're... Now all of a sudden on the number one seed in the conference, yeah, totally. The, the maybe players around a different him might motivation pull it out of him. Might pull it out of him. I mean, like you can understand the human element of when you're on basically like nothing better than an eight seed for the last. I don't know. Like, I know they've had a couple marks better than that, but if you're effectively just kind of a fringe playoff team for most of your career, and sometimes not even in the playoff picture at all, it is. Not all guys have the mentality that they're going to go hard on both sides of the court, no matter what. And so, and maybe Dame saw himself as the type of guy that needed to make sure that his energy was put out on offense because a lot of his teams basically were, if you are not our offensive engine, we don't have one. And now when you're with someone like Giannis, it's like, dude, you are, there is another guy that's going to carry a huge part of the offensive load here with you as well. So I'm, now, granted, do I expect a defensive peak from a six-foot point guard when he's 33? Probably not. No, because he needs to save whatever he can give offensively. I mean, that's why you traded for him. Like, they, they know what he is in Portland. There aren't these Dame days early in his career where it's like, man, you had, like, these stretches where you could really keep up with a Harden or you could really keep up with Russ, like, in, in his prime. It's like, no, no, no. Dame was never the defender, right? Dame was always the guy that was able to shoot yeah. 35 feet out and actually hit those shots and be electric in big moments all the time. And Giannis at moments throughout the playoffs and in the regular season, like he's a downhill guy. He has never de- developed his jumper in a way that makes you really scared of it. You respect it, but you're not scared of it, right? Because if he takes a three, it's like, hey, you're shooting th- like 33 34% like that's a high from three pointer in all reality. It's 28, 29. So you can have those as you can have games where he's really hot for sure. But now Giannis doesn't need to do that because Giannis and Dame can play this beautiful pick and roll thing where he can come and Giannis, off of Giannis. And Giannis is a very willing roller. There's a lot of times big men and prefer to pick and pop or they don't like crashing hard to the boards. Giannis, loves crashing hard especially a superstar right like hey you're gonna pick and pop play my game like we were there for the d rose power era they had this beautiful pick and roll where kind of d rose had this drop pass 
and then it was Powell from like the top of the key, and he would just drain it. It literally seemed like it went in like ninety two percent of the time. So th- there, there's that is like when it's just a two man game. I I don't think that there. No, I don't even need to say think. There's not a stronger two man game in the league. Be like they are clearly one in regards to pick and roll. What they can just do. Off I'm, of each I might other. still take. I might still take Jokic from Murray, but. No, I don't. I don't think because so. I, I think all the things you want Murray the, to do uh, offensively, Dane can do. The offensive diversity that Jokic brings to the floor, I think, outweighs the extra bit of shooting that Dame has over Murray. But it's Jokic's, also Jokic's it's also, ability to finish in five different ways from four feet away from the basket. But Giannis, Giannis only needs two. Ways. That. Giannis only needs two. He ways. is more forceful. He is more forceful. He, I'll he give you need that. Five. Right, he's he doesn't need to be finesse around spin hook. He's just gonna put it down in your chest and shove it down your throat. All right, we'll have the ranking podcast another day of the top twosomes. But for now, yeah. we'll we'll disagree. Yeah, totally agree to disagree. Now, who from your assu- like ass- assessment as you're thinking about it? Let's move to the to the Drew trade, and then I want to know who you think is the best team in the East. So let's talk about Drew and the a, fi- a final Dame thought that just to play off what I was saying. Okay. Me saying I don't think it's going to be as big of a problem in the regular season is preceding me saying I think it's going to become a glaring problem in the playoffs. They're going to hunt him. Because he is just going to get run through the ringer yep. of pick and rolls. Yep. And whatever action is happening, they are going to... The way that Curry is oftentimes, and Curry is usually pretty willing to at least try and put up a fight, but Curry gets picked on in the playoffs because he's a slight dude and they want to wear him out. Um, So, I mean, it is going to be hard for him to hide. It'll be interesting to see how they try to manage that and if they are able to just outscore it. But I I guess my point was saying is I don't think we're really going to have a good picture of how much this either hurts or helps the Bucs until the playoffs was more my bigger point. So do you think that they could have the best record in the league, the Bucks? I think that's in play. Um, but Would I think bet on the that? team that you just brought, mm, I might, because I think, I think we're also underrating Middleton becoming a clear three, number three as well. I think for a while there, it was kind of like, yeah, Giannis and you had... Uh, maybe Middleton some days, maybe Drew some games, some games Brooks, the second best player. Like, whereas now you've got, it is very clearly Giannis, Dame, Middleton in terms of that hierarchy order. And maybe that allows Middleton to thrive a little bit more when he just gets to be the pick and pop guy or the shooter and doesn't have to be as much of like seen as a second tier creator. Um, so maybe that, maybe that allows Middleton to do his role better when his role is smaller. Um, I think it's going to be real tight between Milwaukee and Boston in the East for sure. All right. So Boston, so Boston sends, I think with 29, their own 29 first, it was, was it Phoenix's? No, it wasn't Phoenix. Who's 24 first did they send? Do you remember? They sent a 24 yeah, first. Sorry, we don't have, I don't have it up there. The big which the, team it was. The big piece, I guess, was Robert Williams. Um, and then uh, it was White. also Malcolm Brogdon. No, it wasn't oh, White. Yeah, they Bro- kept White. Brogdon. It was Brogdon. Yeah, they kept White. Brogdon. For a couple, Drew. A couple picks for Drew. 
Yep. Now, here's my here's my unpopular opinion on this trade. So Marcus Smart Marcus Smart signs with the Memphis Grizzlies in the offseason, right? They let him walk. Or was that a trade? I know I forget what happened. Uh I think it was ultimately a trade. Okay. Trading with the Grizzlies. Might have been a sign and trade. I, I'm I'm not totally sure. Marcus Smart won defensive player two years ago. Smaller dude. Offensively had his moments, but mostly inconsistent. Drew Holiday comes in, and everyone's like, that's the best starting five in the league. Crunch time. You can't beat it. You have Przingis, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Derek White. And then you also now add Drew. Amazing. You swap out Drew or swap out Marcus Smart for Drew. How many more games does that win you? I'm actually asking. You're How a better much- team. I'm not arguing you're a worse team. You're a better team, but but I think we're overvaluing how much better he he really makes them as a also a mid like a a a low 30s guard. He's kind of very similar age to Dame. He's not young dude. He's locked down on defense. I, I just feel like this is one of those trades on paper that looks amazing and he's going to help them be better, but I don't think it's that much better. I think if there's a criticism uh, I would have for the Celtics over the last little bit is just how much they've thinned out their roster. Um, their top four... I guess five, maybe six guys. And yeah, I should have had the roster pull up in front of me. Like it's, it's hard to argue with their top, top five, which when you go drew Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and I guess Horford's still there at center. But then past that, it's like they have lost a lot of really important role players for them over the years. Like even in this trade, like Robert Williams, even though he wasn't like this incredibly reliable player for them and he's been injured a lot, he brought a different dynamic. He was a different type of matchup than like a Horford could be in there and he could bring some energy and he could bring some defense in a different way. He's gone now. You have Brogdon, who was kind of a change of pace at guard that you could bring in and he was a little maybe more offensive, but still pretty good defense. And now he's out of the picture. And then was Chris Stapps a, a trade as well? Or was that a side? Or, um, I don't remember what the Chris Stapps move was, but or like Robert Williams or not Robert yeah, Williams. Who was um, who was the Grant Williams? Grant Williams not on the team anymore. So right. they're they're, I think they had a lot of important depth kind of erode over the last few years, and that would be probably the only thing that makes me nervous about this Celtics team. The Marcus to tie it all together, Marcus Smart. I keep saying Spart. Marcus Smart and uh, Porzingis are a part of the same trade. Uh, he went okay, to the right. Grizzlies. That's right. That's right. Porzingis That's came right. to the Celtics. Yeah. 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 The depth is a great point. I mean, we saw how the lack of depth, but to add stars really hurt the Suns in the playoffs. I mean, they were trying to roll dudes out there. I mean, they also were a part of the trade that got Dame to the Bucks and Drew to the Portland uh, Trailblazers. They were adding Nasir Little. They also added Nurkic. Dude, that, I think that trade was awful for Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, it's because that was Nurkich really hasn't been on the bad. floor and he's also really bad defensively. Right. So, no, I mean, he was been an OK defender. Oh, because it's because Grace Allen. That's why he hated it. 
Well, yeah, any team that adds Grayson Allen to me like is immediately just like just a worse team, just emotionally, morally, just like more like energy wise, uh, just bad vibes. Their vab, their vibes rating, and you know me, vibes and value. Vibes took a big hit when they brought in Grayson Allen. Um, so yeah, it, it just I think it's I I understand they needed depth. I just gotta think that. Aiton could have gotten them instead of three ish kind of maybe this guy, these guys contribute to you. Like surely they could have traded Aiton for two like legit role guys. Like if the, if they had offered Aiton for, let's just use the bulls as an example. Cause I'm familiar with like their roster more than a lot of them. Like if they had offer Aiton for like Caruso and Kobe white and like, Maybe even Io, like that type of player. Like I think those guys are better players than what they got for him. I don't. I just. I I kind of look at those guys and goes like, yeah, you got you traded your starting center for three seventh men. Like what it also does open up for the Suns is a lot of cap space, which they didn't have. Which is something that that maybe and that's the kind of stuff that we probably plays into this stuff a lot more than we would probably think it does when we're just looking at players in and players out. And sometimes these owners are going, Hey, I don't want to pay that luxury tax. Now Ishbia actually doesn't seem to care about the luxury, but Aiden was making 32 million this year and Nurkic is making 16. And I don't think little or Grace (laughs) Allen or forget that even the fourth guy that they got are making enough to obviously build up to that 32 million. So there's, whether they were saving or trying to get closer or under the tax, or they were making room to add another guy. Aiton was not worth 32 million. Yeah. Jens, I think that's a good spot to stop for us tonight. We'll, we'll start to really flesh out our NBA opinions here. I think sometime in the next couple of weeks here, we're going to, we're going to come full circle. Jens, we are coming up on almost a year of the irrational fan podcast. It kind of blows my it? mind. This was supposed pretty, to be like a two week experiment. And we are just, we're still trying, we're still throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. I think neither of us have the heart to tell the other person that like, Hey, should we keep doing this? So we just keep recording I've, episodes. I've been, I've been texting you every week asking <laughs> if you should keep doing this. Um, so yeah, we are going to come back to our second round of the NBA over on yours. Oh, over on yours, over unders. Marcus Spart. Uh, Marcus Spart, unique New York. Uh, so that's going to be uh, sometime in the next couple weeks. We'll do a deep dive. Another two episode special a la the Bill Simmons, the Podfathers format. East Coast, I don't, West I don't, Coast. I don't recognize him. This is an original no. idea. This is us now? Okay. This yeah. Is, yeah but, after Rusillo ripped off our all city trade, um, we're yeah, not with giving Big anybody Cat. What anymore. the heck was that? We had yeah, a great, garbage. brilliant idea. It was original. And then it got popular because of them. And now probably all these other podcasters are doing it. But our format we'll never, was good. We'll never we get draft, credit for it. We drafted teams. We called yeah. GMs. Ours was different. We we had it was a we lot. did a draft fake trade extravaganza. Yeah, it was really that's what, good. That's what people want. That's what go back want. and listen to if you have it. It'll still be relevant. Uh, episode sixteen. I have no idea what episode it was. Yeah, we have no. But 16. probably Jesse, just to quickly mention before we wrap up. Uh, the NFL did happen this week. It was good. All I'll say, as someone who's emotionally did you, suspended, did you did you watch the Bears? I did. 
Justin Fields looked amazing in the first half. It was awesome. <laughs> it was good to see our quarterback do something. And so, then he and then he looked so normal. So you watched them, but just with suspended emotions? How'd I watched work? it, and I was like, I don't care what happens. You know, <laughs> win or lose. How long did it take you to exclaim with joy or curse with dis- uh, despair? You know what's so funny is that uh, there was a big play that happened, and Jazz was watching it with me. And I was like, uh, it was like a long play to come at or something. And Jazz is like, yeah, let's go. And I kind of just like, oh, nice. And I walked away. And Jazz was like, you're so annoying. Like, <laughs> like, just be excited. Like, I know you're doing this thing where you're not like watching the games or whatever, but like, I'm excited. So you like, just, just like, just do anything. I was like, no, like that was a good play, but like, I'm not getting into it. And she's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> dude, it was, uh, it was, she was kind of mad at me. It was funny. Jazz is with me on this. Yeah. She just, just be she, in. She gets it, but she she doesn't like it. I mean, whatever. She didn't even watch the she second half. She doesn't respect half. it. She, she didn't even watch it. the second half. She's not a real fan, dude. Just kidding, Jazz. Maybe, maybe maybe she's the smart fan where she just she's like, look, it's we've we've watched some good football. Let's just walk away before <laughs> this all crumbles. <laughs> I go- was the opposite. I was still at church for the whole first half and I turned the turned the game on when I got home. I was oh, like, Oh, dude. Hey, this looks pretty good. And I was yeah. like, This doesn't look very good anymore. <laughs> you missed it. And for the record, I know I actually need to go find the full game because it sounds fun to watch that first half again. Dude, you should. You should. It was it was awesome. It was really good. And then after the game, we're right now based on record, we have one and two as the, as the picks. And a report came out that Caleb Williams named five teams that he would go to. Did you see this? No, I did not. So he, which let me just tell you these reports that come out. It's like supposedly it's who talked to who. What friend of a friend? Like Caleb's not saying any of this. That's what I believe. But he said, I would, I can make more money or just as much on a rookie deal if I went back to school on NIL. So, like, basically, he's saying, if I don't like the team, I can pick and choose, which little does he know the Bears are going to be bad next year, too. (laughs) (laughs) As long as they keep this Ever fluff around, they will be. So, uh, he named the Vikings, he named the Raiders. He named the Giants. He then named the Cowboys. And he named the Niners. Congratulations, buddy. Like, you named three teams that have no shot of, like, so stupid. Well, no, the Vikings, Raiders, and Giants legitimately could. Yeah, I guess so. Lose out. But the other two are, like, you want them to trade every, like, they, they will mortgage their future to go get you. But, sure. Which teams might do that? Let's be prepared. Like Dallas could very well go, hey, Chicago, we'll trade to Dak, jumpstart these things, whatever, whatever. Or you could say Vikings, you guys are set up. Dude, or you, they're not. There's no shot they're taking Dak. No, no, no. I'm pick. just thinking of a team that, like, maybe they go to the Niners. Hey, we'll trade you Dak, right? And 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 no, they would need to trade to a bad team. All so that where at the moment, like, what could it? Okay. So Caleb Williams is available to be drafted. And what like and the Cowboys come to you and say, "Hey, we want no, to draft there's Caleb nothing. Williams." There's nothing. Like, Unless it's Micah Parsons and like Micah Parsons, CD Lamb and three first round picks and two second round picks. Yeah, like the quarterback position and how that's an insane offer, but that would be really cool. But with how valued like the quarterback position is in sports, we know this. Like if you Caleb still Williams no for the Bears. Yeah. You have to take him. You have to take him and ruin him for sure. Yeah. 
something like that. Yeah. Anyways. So week well, week four in the books, week five. I think we have bye weeks now, or is that happening week six? Yeah, no, first bye weeks by week five. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Teams aren't playing. But we are Thursday night football. The, the, I noticed because the projection on my fantasy team was startlingly low. And I was like, what happened to all my points? I was like, oh, I got three players on bye. Oh, no. You know who's the real deal? CJ Stroud. Real deal. Texans Dude, might be good. They might have found something there. I... Look, this is going to be my final point. I never understood in the process of leading up to this draft when all these four quarterbacks were getting evaluated. You had CJ Stroud, you had Bryce Young, you had Will Levis, and you had Anthony Richardson, right? Yep. And the criticism of CJ Stroud was like, well, he's only good from the pocket. And I was just, I kept going like, okay. Like, <laughs> where do you want to be? What? What 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 are we talking about We're here? The mobile quarterback league. Of, like the criticism of him was like, yeah, he doesn't use his mobility as much as he should have. I'm just like, anytime one of these guys get in the league, all we do is hammer how much these guys need to be able to excel from the pocket. And this guy is the most accurate thrower in the draft class and just loves executing from the pocket and has shown his ability to do that. And I was like, I could not understand. I was like, why are people down on this? Like Every time I hear people knocking him, it sounds like a compliment, and I don't understand. Yeah, totally. No, he's got all he's got all the attributes. He's got the height, the weight, the arm, all of it, and he can move if he need to. You know, he's, he's the sixth, the fifth quarterback, not rookie, the fifth quarterback or sixth quarterback to throw for average three hundred yards a game through his first four games with no interceptions. And, and again, not rookie. The other quarterbacks are Rodgers, Brady. Peyton, yep. Breeze, and someone else. Like Mahomes. I Mahomes. Saw that. I saw that it's, yeah. it's just like these Hall of Famers, and then it's Stroud. Like and he's, he's Stroud. And he doesn't, I mean, he's and making you know Nico Justin Collins Justin Fields did? He's like only the fifth quarterback ever to throw for four touchdowns, 300 yards, and lose a game. Really? There's some pretty stat. There's some stat that teams... I think it was, I'm, I'm going to screw up the numbers, but it was something the the effect of teams that throw for four touchdowns and over 300 yards are like 96 and five all time or something like that. See, or the bears all... are like 25 and two all time when the quarterback, I don't know. Something, some stupid stat like that. Like basically you don't lose a game that you do what he did. Well, the bills are good. We know that Jags are mediocre. The Eagles are a weird four. No, the Panthers are bad and the Texans might be good. Anything else to add? Uh, officially out on Eberflus. I was trying to not oh. let it just... I was trying to not to be like a coaching blame guy. I wanted to put more... Yep. But... What about Getsy? I don't think I have an opinion on Getsy yet. I don't... Like, I don't think I actually had a big problem with, like, the play call execution. I feel like a lot of people are just, like, yelling about stuff after the fact that didn't work. I didn't mind the fourth and one call. I didn't mind the play that they ran. You just didn't execute that. Um, but yeah, Eberflus, like the Claypool situation with Eberflus, the way he handled that, the way that he's talked after these losses, and just like, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm good there. I like it. We can move on from Eberflus. I'm with you. And let's hire an offensive coach. Dear God. We did that two times. Ugh, whatever. All right. We'll talk about coaches next year. Thank you all so much for joining us on this episode of the Irrational Fan Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening. 